Hey, welcome everybody. It's uh, Wednesday, May 5th at noon, and this is Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. I'm glad that you are joining the program, whether you're watching live right now, or maybe you're watching this sometime in the future, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Doesn't matter how you're listening or watching, I'm just really super grateful that uh, you've joined me today. I do this every Wednesday at noon. The program's about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes long, and I, I literally choose the topics that I'm gonna talk about based upon your emails that I get or your text messages that I receive or Sometimes I see you at church, you'll call me, we run into each other somewhere out in the public, and I always, um, I just always like hearing from you. And I've got a whole bunch of emails right here in my hand uh, that really relate to last week's broadcast, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of doing part two. I'm going to be talking today about how do you find a good church. And a lot of people move, they're moving out of the area, and they're, and they're trying to figure out, hey, how, how do I find a good church in my town? Or maybe you've moved into the area, and you're thinking, man, how do I find a, a, a good church? Well, I'm going to share some thoughts with you. Like I said, this will be uh, part two. And, uh, but uh, just maybe to get us started, I was looking at some of these emails. I got more emails, I got more correspondence than uh, this week than on any other topic. And that was, you know, what do you look for when you're looking for a great church? And these are just some. This is, I don't know, eight or nine uh, from just like two days ago. And so thank you very much. I love hearing from you. I love to hear how the Lord is working in your life. I like to hear it when you disagree with me. And, and so anytime you want to share anything, you got an opinion or you got a thought or whatever, please share it with me because it really does matter. I read every single email. I read every single text. I may not get back to everybody because I know I'm going to maybe talk about it in a broadcast, but I'm not kidding. I read every, every one of them. And so anyway, I, again, I'm just thankful that you're, you're joining uh, me right now, whether it's live or you're going to watch this at some other moment or, or maybe you've downloaded the podcast. All you have to do is go to the you know, Apple podcast, punch in, here's a deal with Brick Countryman, and it's free. It's absolutely free. You can take this program with you wherever you, you go. So um, as I said, uh, there's a lot of things that happened this past week in the news that I'd like to talk about. But um, I want to I want to finish what I started last Wednesday because so many of you have commented on it, and so I, I began talking last week about what do you look for in, in a good church, and I gave you three things last week. I want to just do a brief um, uh, recap of last week. Okay, and the first one is is when you go to a church. When you go to a gathering, you know, you, you're new to an area, or maybe you're leaving the church that you're at, and you're trying to figure out, where do I go, where do my family go, you, you go to the gathering, and the number one thing you got to look for is, is Jesus front and center? And I shared with you last week that this book is a book about Jesus. 
All 39 books in the Old Testament all point to the fact that Jesus is going to come, right? The Savior is going to come. The Messiah is going to come. You get to the 27 books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way through Revelation, they all talk about the fact that Jesus has come. So the Old Testament is Jesus is coming. The New Testament is Jesus has come. The whole book, literally, the Bible could be summed up in one word, and that's Jesus. And so when you go to a church, you're exploring and praying about what church you ought to go to. Wow. If Jesus isn't front and center in everything that happens in the church, then you got the wrong church. You need to get up and get out and go find another place, okay? So the first thing I shared with you last week is Jesus. Now the second one kind of go hand in hand, and that is the Bible. Is the Bible front and center? Uh, in other words, do you, does the preacher have you open your Bible? Do you read Bible verses? Are there Bible verses that come up on the jumbotrons? Uh, does the worship leader refer to Scripture, maybe as he's leading in a song? Uh, are there Scriptures referred to maybe before a baptism or before communion? Point is, is that this needs to be front and center. The Scriptures need to be front and center. Now, if you've ever come to one of my sermons, I'll always say, I always use this phrase, take your Bibles and turn to. A lot of you sometimes will ask me, Pastor Rick, I don't see you turning in your Bible. Well, I, I, the print's too small. I can't read it, even with my glasses. And so I always have those verses printed in my notes, and it's just larger font, if you will, so I can actually read them. But the point is, there's most sermons of mine all look at 30, 40 different verses and any one of the preachers at the church, at Big Valley Grace, the church that I pastor at, man, we're always looking at Scripture. Not only is Jesus front and center, but His Word is front and center, okay? Uh, unfortunately, today, you don't hear that phrase, take your Bible and turn to, very much anymore in churches, and it's tragic, it's sad. And if that doesn't happen, that ain't the right church for you. The third thing I looked at last week was leadership. Whether the form of government is, you know, you have elders or you have deacons. I don't know what the form of government is in your church. But, boy, they need to um, all uh, rise to the level of what the Scriptures say a leader is to be. There are a number of passages in the Scripture where the Apostle Paul shares, here are the qualifications for an elder. Here are the qualifications for a, a deacon. Here's the qualifications for a leader in the church. And the leadership needs to meet those qualifications. Now, leaders don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there are some things that you ought to expect of your leadership. And I told you last week, man, I would suggest you take the old, one of the elders out for lunch or meet with the chairman of the elder board for coffee of your church or the chairman of the deacon board and just sit down and talk with them. Find out what kind of man they are. Are they a godly man? Do they understand the scriptures? Do they meet the qualifications that Paul talks about? And if they don't, that ain't the church you want to be a part of. So that's last week. Last week we looked at Jesus, the Bible, and leadership. Today we're going to look at three others. 
And this next one's um, one I guarantee you, you probably haven't heard. And that is this. Does the church that you're considering making your home church, you're going to become a member of that church, do they practice church discipline? Some of you don't even know what that is. Because most churches, I would bet 95% of all churches in America, never practice church discipline discipline. And what that is, um, basically is, you know, God wants His church to be holy. He wants His church to be pure. He wants His bride to be righteous. You see, you and I are the church. And, and if there is a member of the church who's living in willful disobedience to God and His Word, Jesus wants us to do something about that. He doesn't want there to be people in His church who are just blatantly living in unrighteousness or sin or disobedience to the Scripture. One of the passages that I think matters when you talk about church discipline is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 6, where Paul says, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And, and it's a great illustration that all it takes is for there to be a little bit of leaven, and it leavens a whole bunch, a whole loaf. All it takes is a little bit of sin, you know, allowing sin to just continue on in the church before it goofs up the whole church. And so God wants us to be in a church where if one of the members kind of goes sideways and is living in willful disobedience to God and His Word, God wants the church leadership to take action. It's called church, church discipline. In fact, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 18 very clearly. In fact, in Matthew 18, Jesus shares with us the process for church discipline. In fact, it's the very first thing He tells the church. It's the first instructions that He gives to the church, and it has to do with church discipline. He said, hey, if you know of a man or a woman who's living in sin, you need to go to that person. You need to have a conversation with that person. You need to share with that person that, that the way they're living or the decisions that they're making are wrong and evil and wicked, and they need to turn from that. They need to repent from those sins. And then if, if that person does repent, praise the Lord. You've won a brother. The church membership is more holy. It's more righteous. If they, if they blow you off and they continue to live in that sin, well, at some moment, Jesus says, then take another person with you and go back to that person and say, man, we love you and we care about you and Jesus loves you and cares about you. And the decisions that you're making, they're wrong and they're unholy. They're not pure. They're unrighteous. And you need to turn from those decisions and repent of your sin. And if that person turns and repents, wow, you've won a brother. If they don't, Jesus says, then you're to take them to the entire church. 
You're to, you're to bring this brother or this sister before the church or their sin before the church so that the whole church would know. And then Jesus says, look, if they still don't want to turn and repent of their sin after being confronted individually, confronted with a couple of other brothers, and then confronted by the entire church or the church leadership, it's kind of how we do it at Big Valley, then you're to cast them out and you're to treat them as if they're an unbeliever. And that doesn't mean they can't attend church. We practice church discipline at Big Valley. And there are people that are under church discipline at our church right now. And they're, they're free to come to church. We don't stop anybody at the doors and say, you can't come in on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning or whatever. But they are under the discipline of the elders of our church. And they won't serve in any ministries or whatever until they repent of their sin and humble themselves. And I'll tell you, um, if you're in a church where they don't practice church discipline, I, I don't think you should go there personally. And the only way you're going to know that is that you've got to ask the pastor or ask the elders. Say, hey, do you guys practice church discipline here? And what does that look like? What form does it take? And you can read about it in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through about 20. Jesus very clearly lays out what church discipline should look like. And so, yes, Jesus needs to be front and center. The Bible needs to be front and, and center. You need to make sure you have godly leadership. And one of the signs of godly leadership is that they take church discipline very seriously. Because Jesus takes His church seriously. He wants His church to be holy and righteous and all those kinds of things. And if you're just allowing sin run rampant, then, then you got all kinds of you just got all kinds of problems, right? The fifth thing is this, is, is the church that you're thinking about joining, do they focus, do they have a focus on the lost? Do they think about outreach? Or is it just, you know, us four, no more kind of a thing, and they, they're never challenging the members to go and, and, and talk with their neighbors and build relationships with those that they work with or whatever. They're never challenged or encouraged to bring their friends or family members to, to church. The, does the church you're thinking about going to, do they have specific weekends where they're targeting those that don't know the, the Lord? You see, God wants us to go and make disciples. And, and, and the only way you can make a disciple is you've got you to actually reach a disciple with, with the message of Jesus. And if, if the church that you're attending isn't encouraging you to think and pray about the lost, man, you're at the wrong church. Think about all the people that God brings into your life. You got your family members, your friends, the people you golf with, the people you play tennis with, the people who are in your book club. You, 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 you have your, your mailman, the, the garbage man, the person who, who puts the chemicals in your pool, the person who does your toes, the person who does your lawn, the person who combs your hair. You have all of these people who God brings into your life and hopefully the church that you attend, the church that you became a member of or want to become a member of, they're always helping you to think and pray about those lost people in your life. 
Any church that doesn't care about the laws is a church you don't want to go to. Because here's the deal, right? You were once lost. I was once lost. And there were people out there who cared enough about you and I that they reached out to us and told us about Jesus and they invited us to church or whatever it might have been. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost and we are called as His followers to be imitators of Him. And one of the ways we imitate Jesus is when we care about the lost. When we care about their souls and where they're going to spend their eternity. And so one of the characteristics of a good church is that they care deeply about the lost. They care deeply about getting out. They're strategic about getting out into the, into, into the neighborhoods and, and parks or wherever all those places might be to, to be the hands and feet of, of Jesus. And yes, when you gather on the weekend, that's a gathering of the saints. And it's a time when Jesus is lifted up and the Bible is preached and all those great things. But if there is not a, a constant motivation, if there's not a constant man stimulating you to love and good deeds, and one of those good deeds is reaching the lost, then it's not the church you want to be a part of. You want a church that cares about the lost. You want a church that encourages you to go out and bring your friends to church or whatever it might be. So the last thing I'll, I'll share with you is this, is that a, a good church is a church that really um, encourages its members to serve somewhere. We're told in Ephesians chapter 4 that the whole purpose of guys like me, pastors like me, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's one of the great responsibilities that a pastor has or that the elders of a church have, the leaders of a church have, is are we equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry? Are we encouraging people to use their gifts, talents, and abilities, all those kinds of things, to serve the Lord? And there are a lot of places at the church on a weekend where you can serve. Serving you know, children's ministries or youth ministries, usher, greeter. You could serve in the, in the band, play an instrument. You can sing. We, at our church, we have a cafe where we serve a coffee in our fellowship area. There's a, the information center. There's, there's men and women who walk the parking lot just making sure everything's safe, saying hi to people as they, as they come in. There are men's ministry opportunities, women's ministries opportunities, uh, celebrate recovery opportunities. There's all kinds of opportunities to serve within the church on a weekend or a Wednesday night or whatever the, the day may be. But there's also kind, all kinds of opportunities all throughout our city. I'm just going to use Modesto. Serving at the Gospel Mission. Serving at Modesto Pregnancy Center. Serving at the, the Vine House. There, there's all kinds of places in our own town where you can use your gifts, your talents, your abilities to be a blessing to others. And that's the whole point of serving. Serving is not about you. Serving is about being a blessing to others and caring and loving others. And so uh, I just want to challenge you when you think about the, the church you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to attend or you're, the church you're going to become a member of. Do they care about you serving? Are they trying to figure out ways to get you to serve? 
Are they encouraging you to serve? You see, I can't make anybody serve. Can't. But what I can do is I can encourage people to serve. I can do all that I can do to say, man, come on, get up out of your seat, get off the dime, go serve, fill out a card, let us know that, that, that you're willing to do whatever, whatever for the for the kingdom's sake. And if you don't, if you're at a church and they're not doing that, then man, I wouldn't go to that church. I I, I think you got the wrong church, right? So, so I gave you six things over the last two weeks, right? Jesus has got to be front and center. The Bible has to be front and center. You got to have godly leadership. And then today I looked at church discipline. Is the church leadership, you know, dealing with sin in the church? And then outreach. Are you, are you encouraged to reach your lost friends? And, and then last but not least, serving. So I hope these six things are a blessing to you. Share them with your friends. Maybe you have a friend who's moving. Maybe you have a friend who's moved here. Man, tell them about the broadcast. Send them the link to the podcast. Uh, send them these links. And say, hey, our pastor has a program and Two weeks in a row, we talked about, man, what to look for in a good church. Make sure you're sharing this broadcast with others. I'll tell you, it matters when you do that. It matters when you send this broadcast out to all of your, your friends. And unless the Lord comes back, I'll look forward to being with you next Wednesday right here on Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Okay, blessings, everybody.